LOI Match Day on Off the Ball. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Evan Galvin on this week's podcast from Ringmahan Rangers. Evan, uh, big, big week for the club. I just wanted to ask you first, are you, are you still actually in pre-season now at the moment? Yeah, I'd say we're, we're only back about, about two, two and a half weeks. I don't think we'd have been back at all, to be honest, because our season doesn't start for another month and a half. But it's uh, obviously with the Kerry game, we all kind of have to roll off the coach and get training again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um with that in mind, I was talking to John Kremen, who's the, the manager of St. Michael's, uh, ahead of their big game as well against Waterford. Just regarding the format, it, because now of the, the, the different uh, synchronisation, the way the leagues are played between League of Ireland and also uh, with the amateur leagues then as well, it doesn't really, I suppose, give us the opportunity of seeing any shocks in the first round as much maybe as we would have seen in the past. No, it probably, probably doesn't suit the intermediate teams like I suppose. That's it. Though we played treaty there last season, it was four three. So that was that was probably mid to the back end of our season. So we were as fit as fiddles as well. Like, but um, like we have, we have a good team. We've plenty of experience. Like Macadano, Garrod, Rico. There'd be plenty of our lads would have played. It's only the cross channel growing up our, our league of Ireland. So um, so no, we have a good side. So we fancy it. Yeah, and were you hoping to get a, a league of Ireland club? Were you, was that the hope for? I, I know. Uh, it always made it always makes it more interesting. Though, to be fair. Like obviously you're playing your own kind of you're playing Munster Senior League teams you're playing teams in Dublin in the Intermediate Cup or whatever during the year so I think it's always nice to kind of have a team who's so obviously they're, they're supposedly a step up and, and stuff and probably a better pitch or a stadium a bit more atmosphere so definitely yeah Just regarding yourself I was looking checking up your, your stats online I found you on Transfer Market and uh, it what's, looks what's, like what's my player value it, it looks like you've uh, <laughs> listen, I won't divulge that okay just in case there's any agents <laughs> listening okay but uh, I, I, I'm looking at your positions and it looks like you, you're down to centre forward but I think you've played all over the park at this stage probably the only oh, yeah, position I, you haven't played is in goal yeah I, I definitely don't have the height for a centre forward anyway uh, I kind of played play off the left with Ring Mahon um, I kind of play in the key from time to time as well. I suppose when I was younger, I would have kind of started as a striker when I was a young fella, kind of growing up, and then I would have kind of dropped off and kind of played in that little number 10 role, like so. Kind of midfielder off the left. I'm definitely not a centre forward or a, or a fullback or anything, anyway. And is this your, is this how many seasons now are you with Ring Man at this stage? Uh, two now, two. two so three. I stopped for a while, six, seven months, and I went back and I kind of played one or two other teams in the Munster Senior League. But uh, I kind of found me feet at Ring Man. I'm happy out there now. So I'm there two years, yeah. Yeah. No, no, getting, rid of, no getting rid of me now. <laughs> how's your own form been? Are you enjoying playing for them now? Love it there. Love it there. Yeah, happy out. We have a good group. Good group of lads. And I suppose at this level as well, everyone's working. So there's a social side to it, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, we have a good buzz. Like, so yeah, I'm loving it down there. And who's coaching the, the team now at the moment? Who's your Who's your manager? So Basil Foley's the manager. But you'd have other lads involved there. You'd have Derek. You'd have Flipper. Uh, Richie St. Ledger so there's uh, there's four or five always there you know uh, Rob is involved as well and kind of Danny Long started helping out this year and, and Garrod Marcy to be fair he, he's still playing with us but he's a little bit more hands on with the coaching this season which is good so um, everyone has something to bring to the table you know what I mean so but Basil Basil is the main man I, ha- I have to say that Garrod what a player he was yeah still is made a massive difference there last year definitely in the bigger games he was a uh, he was handy up in St. Mark's away now and in the intermediate cup game. So um 
but it's good. It's good to see him kind of getting his bit of experience in with the coaching as well, and uh, he's well able for that too. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, just on your own League of Ireland experience, because you you had a couple of clubs there. You played for Waterford United back in the day, as Longford Town as well. Um, kind of how has that experience kind of benefited you now playing for Ringman Rangers? How did it go? I suppose it was. Um, Obviously, when I was League of Ireland, it wasn't full time, but it was probably a bit. There's a bit more commitment in there, obviously, especially in my case, because like the clubs you mentioned, I was travelling from, you know, mm. so there was a lot more time in it. Um, it was good. Like I suppose it came to an end eventually. I was probably 23 when I stopped, and I stopped as I said for a couple of months, and when I went back here, Munster Senior League, but it wasn't that that much of a transition, you know. I kind of went. I was part time anyway in the League of Ireland. And it, it was the same, then kind of dropping down slightly. But but I think what you find as well when you're playing kind of first division league of Ireland or like a lot of the a lot of the players playing Munster Senior League or I suppose Leinster Senior League, like a lot of them are ex League of Ireland. Like we played St. Martha's last season and there was there was five or six lads I knew from from growing up underage from Dublin and all playing Munster Senior or Leinster Senior League now. So but the, the standard is still very good, you know. And I think obviously this game it's it's pre season for us still. But um like when we played three last year, it was four three after extra time, and so if we had a slice look on the day, we we'd have done a job on them. Like so, so no, it was it's not 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 that uh, different, just a bit more social side with this obviously, and slightly less mm. commi- commitment to it, and that that suits lads as well when they're working, you know. Yeah, I was looking. Even you, you spent a bit of time at Cabin Tilly as well. Was Jason out there around the time you were playing? Was he here? Yeah, so his brother Kevin would have been playing with us. He'd be playing left yeah. back. Kevin was yeah. away as well when he was younger. Uh, and Jason would have been kind of starting to train with us and stuff. He was good. Certainly didn't think he'd have went on and done as well as he has. You know, he's done absolutely fantastic. To be fair to him, like, and, and it's it's tough as well when you when you do go to England to, you know, when get into the first team and stay there and start racking up appearances. So, so credit to him. He's done absolutely brilliantly. But he would have been training with us at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some performance against France wasn't it in the in the qualifiers? He must have been kind of looking absolutely. and going, "Wow, that's amazing." Saint Joe, you're playing against some like he's. See France playing against some top, top, top players like in you know, big stadiums, big crowds, and he's he's still young. He's he's quite a bit younger than me. I'm 27. I, I don't know what Jason is like, but uh, Matt, he's doing absolutely brilliantly, and, and credit to him. You went away yourself. Were you at Burnley? Was it Evan? Yeah, Jesus, that was fucking 10, 11 years ago. Now I went away when I was 16, so I was over there kind of three years, and I came home then, and that's when I kind of got into the League of Ireland. I started at Waterford. Mac actually was down there at the time playing with us now. Uh, another couple of lads from Cork and uh, Darren Murphy. He was there for a while. I think it was four or five of us travelling up from Cork. Um, so it was good. And then obviously on to kind of Longford Cabin TV, we called for a small while and, mm. and then it was a uh, chapter closed then. Yeah, and look, uh, the, like the Burnley experience would be interesting just because, you know, we often hear about, you know, lads going over to England and being a success um, and, you know, uh, getting, you know, maybe working their way up the leagues and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't work out sometimes for whatever reason. It could be injuries. It could be who knows. But what, what was your own experience like and uh, and how did you manage, you know, I suppose then the, the coming back then from, from the UK? Good. I, I loved it when I was over there, obviously. I suppose when I was kind of 11, 12, you start kind of getting on the Cork teams, the emerging talent. And it kind of snowballs from there, you know. Uh, was delighted, loved it over there, obviously. Out of school, 16, training full-time. Happy days. Uh, coming home was fine. I suppose going from playing in England to League of Ireland to Manchester Senior League, there was a transition. I went from full-time to kind of part-time, but obviously slightly less time now with, with the Manchester Senior League. So, And it was, it was over a couple of years. There was no cliff edge with it, you know. It's not like I was playing in England one day and I was kind of 
So I had an injury the next and I couldn't play at all. Like so get in mind that it was it is what it is. Most players go away and reality is you know you might not get a career on it. So mm. I I didn't mind it at all. I had a good stab off it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um now we now look in Gaelic football, there is a, a huge rivalry between Cork and Kerry. Um, this <laughs> Kerry club in, in the League of Ireland still in its embryonic stage, their first ever season. So they haven't really had a chance to build up rivalries. But the fact that it is a Cork club against the Kerry club, is there a, a bit of extra spice to this game at the weekend? No, I'd say if it was against a Dublin club, no, there'd be more spice to it, to be honest. <laughs> but um, not at all. No, I think we're all looking forward to the night out in Clowney afterwards as well. Nah, it'll be it'll be a good game. Look, obviously Kerry are going to be a little bit fitter than us, but... Um, and I was only talking to a fellow there today. This he said they have a, they have a couple of good players, but uh, not looking forward to it. It'll be a good game, good pitch, bit of an atmosphere. Obviously, there'll be plenty from Ringman travelling down as well. So really looking forward to it. We've nothing to lose. Ravi, we're the underdogs for for once, I suppose, which is which is interesting. Mount Hawk Park, it's a decent facility as well. A good pitch down there, so no excuses yeah. on that front. No, absolutely not. So I don't think there will be really. I think. We're back training in two weeks as well. Like, like we're only off for a month, so it's not like we're that unfit, you know. Obviously, lads are going on holidays and stuff, and but we're fine. We had a couple of friendlies. We had a game down now last night again, and we're training Wednesday, like so. We're we're taking over. We'll be fine. Yeah, and look, the gap in standard because we know what Billy Denny is doing down there, Kerry. He's trying to, you know, um, it's it's building from the academy. He wants to bring through academy players into the team. So, you know, it's something that the supporters... I don't think, get... they, have a, I don't think they have a choice. I, I don't yeah. think there's many lads now are going to be wanting to go down to Kerry, to be honest. Yeah, that's very true, yeah, yeah. But it is, uh, what you know, what I'm saying is it's an inexperienced side and especially at the back, there's a lot of young, inexperienced players at the back you know, this gives Ringman Rangers a chance to beat the League of Ireland club in the first round of the FAI Cup. 100% and, and sure, if there was anyone watching the game last year against three, it was, it was an even game, you know. I think your man Curran, like they got a penalty, I think your man Ender Curran got a hat-trick. As I said, we missed some chances and we probably gave away one or two light goals as well, so we certainly don't have anything to be worrying about going down there, you know. It's not Shamrock Rovers we're playing either, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, anybody for if anybody hasn't seen Ringman playing before, is there any players apart from yourself, Evan, to be watching out for at the weekend? <laughs> yeah, we're kind of strong all over the park, really. Like to be fair, Baz has brought in one or two this year, uh, good additions, and we kind of kept, we kind of kept everyone from last year. Really bad one or two, you know. So good size. Uh, I think they're all good. I suppose Mac is probably a good good player to be watching if you're if you're going down. He's good on the ball. He's bright. He's clever and playing a couple of positions. So. Yeah, Mark Garrod, obviously, if he's there. Uh, Hoggy at the back is solid. Ewing, I'll have to name them all now or I'd be killed. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, they're, they're all, we've a good side, good side, Jack. Very good side, so. Don't suppose any uh, good luck messages. He's in his close season. Quivian Keller, has he been uh, in touch with the club at all for the, the big game this weekend? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I don't know the lad at all. I know his brother, Fiat, all right. He would have played with me underage, but uh, I don't know Quivian, so I've no idea if he was in touch or not. Absolutely. Well, listen, Evan, been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks a million for taking some time out to talk to us out of the FAL Cup action this weekend. And best of luck. Stephen, much appreciated, mate. Thanks very much. Well, delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by St. Michael's manager, John Cremens. Um, John, would you believe this is the second time your club has been mentioned on the podcast this week? Uh, I've had a previous guest, Willie Armshaw of Treaty United, on the podcast, and he spoke with great fondness of St. Michael's. Uh, did you have any dealings with Willie when he was at the club? Yeah, um, I, I was coaching the first team uh, two years ago when Willie played with the first team. Um, 
and actually I'm heavily involved with the schoolboy club. So I've been coaching Willie since he was nine. So um, wow. yeah, I heard that actually. It was it was nice to hear. Yeah, super player. And I thought he made some very good points. And, and it's stuff I've heard as well, John, from League of Ireland players that um, perhaps sometimes the options or the option isn't taken by younger players at League of Ireland clubs to maybe go and play some non-league football with a club like St. Michael's or any of the clubs like Leinster Senior League, wherever the case may be, to actually get some game time playing against adult male players rather than playing for the academies. It's um, something I'm sure you would echo as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, a lot of lads coming out of the under-19 National League and it's a big step, obviously, to, to the senior ranks. So, um, I think clubs like ours would be um, a good avenue for them to get, like you said, to get some game time at what we would like to think is a, is a pretty high level. Um, get some game time in the, in the adult game and I think it would set them up nicely for going back into the clubs then. And what's your thinking, just from your own perspective as well? And there has been talk of some, there has been talk, some talk of perhaps setting up a third division in in League of Ireland football. Is that something you think would be a good idea? Yeah, I suppose you would wonder if if the appetite is there for for a third tier. Um, definitely among, I presume, among the, the more senior teams in the Leicester Senior League and most of Senior League, was something that might be an option for them. I think with with clubs like ourselves. You know, we'd have to look at the financial aspect and the travelling aspect because uh, we are a small club, uh, you know, in terms of size and in terms of the, the, the money side of it. So while there, there might be an appetite, I don't, I'm not really sure whether uh, financially it would make sense. Yeah, I totally understand what you mean. It, it, perhaps you could look at something maybe like, I know, like say the likes of Germany, they have these kind of regional leagues when you go further down the down the tiers and perhaps maybe that's something that could be looked at so you're kind of keeping the the, the lower divisions as, as playing local clubs yeah I mean definitely if, if it was regionalised and, and the, the travelling was kept to a minimum and then obviously the costs um, it, it's definitely something that might take off yeah now this isn't your first uh, week building up to a big cup game this year because uh, you did have a run right up till the final of the FAI Junior Cup. Uh, what was that experience like, albeit I, I understand it was a it was a pretty agonising defeat in the end on penalties? Yeah, um, I suppose in, in, on reflection now, it, it was a great cup run. Obviously, when you lose the final, and particularly on penalties, there's, there's the initial disappointment of losing the final and when you get to an FAI final, obviously you want to win it. But, you know, looking back now, you know, we... We travelled to Gorey in the semi-final. Uh, we were in Donegal for the quarter-final. We, we were in Dublin. You know, a lot of really big games, a lot of really good games for what was essentially a really young squad. So, great learning experience for everybody. Um, and yeah, you know, a positive experience. Yeah, and I understand that around Tip Town, the, the locals really uh, got on board with the build-up to that final. Green and white bunting all over the place uh, leading up to it. Um, what's it like then, or what's it mean for the club now, having such a good first division side like Waterford arriving to your ground at Cook Park there for an FAI Cup match? Um, <laughs> strange one. It's, it's obviously it's a huge occasion for the club. Um, and, you know, Waterford are, are, are a well-known team in the League of Ireland and particularly, you know, we're only an hour from Waterford, so, you know, Waterford and, and Nimerick and, and Cork would be, their results would be well looked at, you know, around here. So, um, 
from the club's point of view, um, it, it would be a great occasion. I suppose from a footballing point of view and a manager's <laughs> point of view, having to deal with a team that that are on the type of run that Watford are on and and the way they're playing, and uh, it may be a difficult experience for us, you know. Yeah, I understand that. I might talk to you about those just a moment. Just regards to to St. Michael's yourselves, are you still in pre-season now at this stage? We are, and and, and to be honest, we you know we we only finished up the season the first week in June, so we we probably wouldn't even be back pre-season, you know, at this stage in July. Um, other than the fact that the Watford game is on the horizon and. You know, we got to get the guys back and we got to do a little bit of work, sorry, a lot of work, in, you know, in preparation for the game. Um, ideally, we probably wouldn't have been coming back pre-season until next weekend. But, uh, yeah, so we came back last week. Um, we get five or six sessions into the boys before, before the game. And uh, how many years is this now you've you've managed uh, the club, managed this team? Um I, I'm actually in my first year on on this occasion, but uh, it's my third occasion managing the team over the years. Um, I've been involved with the first team for the last six years as as a coach, uh, with with James Watford, the manager, and he stepped away, so uh, I stepped into the the role this year just to keep, I suppose, to keep continuity because we've got a really good young group of players coming through. Um, and there's a lot of work and there's a lot of potential in the group. So just felt it was important to keep that continuity going. Your own footballing philosophy then. Uh, I, I might have got a little insight when I was sending you a WhatsApp earlier. I saw um, the phrase, keep it on the deck. Um, maybe yeah. taking take after Mr. Brian Clough there maybe, are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, look, um, I think what we do within the club is we produce a lot of really good footballers and a lot of really good footballers around around Tipperary. Um, we're not the biggest side physically, so whether whether any other option would be something we could look at, probably not anyway. But no, I mean we like to get the ball down, we like to play. Uh, how much we of that we get to do on Saturday remains to be seen. But from my own point of view, I like I like to give the lads the the opportunity to just go and express themselves and go and play. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, what would you make then of your opposite number, Keith Long? He's been, he's had some good success uh, with Bohemians in his in his previous job, but now Waterford, he's really hit the ground running. Of course, with Alan Reynolds as his assistant there. Yeah, I mean, obviously Keith has been been around the uh, league of Ireland a long time, and is you know he's a very successful manager. Alan's been around Waterford for a long period of time, so. I think it seems to be in a very good combination. I mean, they're playing some really, really good football at the moment, scoring lots of goals. Um, and yeah, I think they'll be pushing for promotion. Yeah, they sure will. Um, I suppose you're always looking for little tiny advantages when it's a, a team like yourselves going up against a big giant like this Waterford. But you do have a little one in the fact that you would have seen you can or you have access to watch some of their games where they won't know to expect what to expect from you guys. Yeah, I, I suppose that's that that's true. We've you know we we've a lot of the lads would look at the League of Ireland football anyway, um, even before the draw was made. So we, we would have been well aware of how well Watford were going even prior to the draw, but obviously those games have, have created a lot more interest around the place since then. Um and yeah, okay, they, 
they may not have seen a whole lot about us and I'm sure they'll prepare for the game in the manner in which they normally do. Um, but I think the task in front of us is, is significant. Yeah, and made even tougher by the fact that they've got the not just the first division's top scorer, but the, the top scorer in the League of Ireland, two divisions, uh, Ronan Coughlin. Do you have a plan for him? Do you put a man marker on him? Or how do you, how do you even, even start trying to think of a plan for him? Yeah, I, I mean, look, to, to be fair, he, he's on fire and, and we, we will have to deal with him. But, I mean, you know, I think all around they're a really, really good side and we, we're just going to have to set ourselves up right and I'm just going to try and be compact and stay in the game for as long as we can. Um, and, look, you know, when you come up with in, on, against individuals of, of that quality, you just, just got to hope that on the day things go right for us and we'll try our best to keep him out. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a game plan then yourselves or is it all about trying to stop Waterford first and then maybe hit them on the break? Or do you do you have a game plan you'd like to implement uh, in the hope that maybe you can try and hit them early? Yeah, it, it's a strange one because generally, you know, we go into most games um, on the front foot. We, we, we like to press teams high. We like to go at teams. Um, obviously... <laughs> That is not going to be the case on Saturday. Um, and, and you know, look, you, you have to respect Waterford and you've got to respect the quality they have. I think we need to be we need to be compact. We need to have a game plan. We need to keep, keep ourselves in the game. We have some really good attacking players, you know, like Jimmy Carr is, is an amateur international for a long time now. We've, we've got one or two lads that actually, funny enough, have been on the books of Waterford over the years. So we'd like to think that we can create some problems for them going forward but I think you know primarily we've we got to make sure that you know we, we're, we're not opened up early Yeah absolutely um, good pitch the last time I was down at Cook Park they had a really good pitch there how's that looking for the weekend? Yeah yeah it's, it's, it's looking great to be fair the ground staff um, have been working hard again over the last couple of weeks Um Normally, this time of the year, it's closed down and, you know, the, the birthday friend and, and and all that work that normally goes on pre-season happens. So, the, the lads have been working really hard to get the pitch um, looking really well. As I say, it, it, it is a big occasion for the club and, and we're very proud of Coop Park and the ground and the, and the pitch stand it is. So, um, we'll be doing everything in our power to make sure that that's top quality. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good facility you have down there. I have to say, I was very impressed when I was down. Um, in fact, I think the last time I was down might have been uh, for one of your alumni uh, doing a, a press briefing, Shane Long, of course, uh, former Republic of Ireland International. John, he has indicated that he might be retiring from football. Is there any chance at all you might be able to get him in for the game at the weekend, maybe, if he's around? Yeah, I'm sure he might be back on his holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, uh, that that thought had crossed our mind. All right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, look, I think I think to be fair to our guys, you know, the reward for being in the senior cup, you know, is because of the the run that we went on last year and getting mm. obviously getting to the semi final at the, the FAI Junior Cup. So you know, the, it, it's a huge day for our players as well. It's an opportunity to you know to test themselves against 
like professional players really you know and players that are playing at a higher standard so the other lads are really looking forward to the day and looking forward to the occasion yeah absolutely i just ask you finally because john i suppose the fact that the two leagues are, are out of sync you know obviously league of ireland summer football you guys were seeing less and less kind of, I suppose, shocks um, in the opening round with uh, clubs uh, who aren't, uh, you know, sort of amateur clubs that are playing against the League of Ireland clubs are in a different uh, stage of their season. What's your own view on that? Do you think something has to change? Yeah, it, it, it is difficult. And not only just in, in terms of this week's game, but, you know, I mean, we, we've got lads away on holidays now because... As I said, our, our window of six to seven weeks is quite short between the end of our season and the start of the new season. And that's that's the time that lads will take an opportunity to go on holidays. So we are missing three or four lads that are on holidays. We're obviously in pre-season. And, you know, even, even at different occasions over the last number of years, going back to Willie Armstrong, where, where you're starting to build something and then, you know, the League of Ireland clubs will come in maybe in November, December, looking to sign players for, for their new season. You're in the middle of the season, you're on a good cup run or you're going well in the league and then you lose a couple of players. Um, and Okay, you may lose them anyway, but at least if you lose them, in, in if we're all working off the same season, and um, at least you can plan for that. But it, it can be difficult when, when lads are coming and going sort of December, January time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, John, you've been very good with your time. Um, I'm delighted for you getting a, a big game like this on Saturday, albeit, uh, as you say, against uh, such as a, a brilliant club like Waterford. But look, hopefully you're enjoying the, the occasion and you never know what happens on, on the day. No problem. Thanks a minute. Well, it's great to have Gavin Cullen, the manager of Cockhill Celtic, on the podcast this week, building up to the first round of FAI Cup matches for 2023. Gavin, starting off asking you about the Intermediate Cup final at the showgrounds last <clears throat> April and you faced a formidable side in Rockmount and uh, of course they won back-to-back FAI, uh, FAI Intermediate Cups but you only lost the final on penalties. How did you reflect on that game afterwards? Uh, look, obviously lo- losing the game was disappointing but overall the occasion and and the crowd and the atmosphere and what we accomplished in the cup run was 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 a lot more positive than negative. So look, we took a lot of positives out of it, and we enjoyed it. And we enjoyed the occasion. Obviously, going down the penalties on the day, we felt we done okay. Felt we probably shaded the game, and we're probably as good a team, um, pound for pound, as Rockmount, um, maybe better. You know, um, look, when it goes down the penalties, there's not much you can do. So we're not we weren't overly too hard on ourselves losing them penalties, but it was it was disappointing. Yeah, the cup run itself, and obviously the final was a big thing. But when you kind of factor in the final and then the cup run itself, what do you think, as a manager and players, you've learned from the experience? Ah, oh, it was a great experience. Look, we had, we had tough ties. We were in Dublin four times and and Cork twice in the cup run. So it was it was a major major accomplishment to actually get there because they're always tough ties and that there um, we always believed over the last few years that we decide as good as anybody in the country at that level uh, and I think it was sort of just that, that we sort of proved it at, at last you know You uh, took over as manager of the side in 2015 was it? 2015 yeah yeah. my first game in charge actually it was the first round of the FAA Cup as well we played uh, Longford I think it was Oh, Longford Town, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, tell me, I believe you weren't um, exactly uh, too keen on the job, a little bit of a, re- a reluctant manager, shall we say, at the start. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Well, um, suppose I was still playing. Um, a lot of my friends were on the team as well, and mates, and it was sort of you no know, possibly worried about that interaction of becoming their boss then in terms of you no know, demanding certain things and all um and and trying to set standards and all that there. But look, they, they work with me. They've been brilliant. The players have been absolutely brilliant over the last seven seven years or so. And actually the whole thing has improved and got better in that period. So look, I, I love doing it. I love managing teams. It's a it's a big sacrifice and a big t- time, but look I, I enjoy it as well. You were a former goalkeeper with uh, Finn Harps. Um, yep. You don't see a huge amount of goalkeepers at any level of the game, maybe going on to management, uh, maybe doing a bit of coaching or whatever. Um, is that something you always wanted to do when you were playing? No, it has. It wasn't uh, when I was playing. It wasn't at all. Like I always felt, I always felt I was a bit of a leader playing and a good talker and, the, and a communicator on the pitch. But it wasn't anything that I sort of wanted or had ambitious ambitions to do um, probably your answer to the first question there's not many goalkeepers probably because they're all mad as hell so <laughs> it probably doesn't help you know what I mean but look I, I was I was sort of aggressive and, and uh, on a pitch and, and and loud on a pitch but uh, as a manager look I, I, I can I can talk with, with people I can deal with people quite well as well so look it, it works both ways as well yeah, and I think maybe the position of a goalkeeper is undervalued maybe when you're considering a manager because you have one of the best views of the game. You're kind of, you know, watching the game. Uh, sometimes, you know, with you know, I'm not saying you have nothing to do, but there's spells in the games where you're you're standing, you're observing. So you have like a, a really good view and, and time to think about what's actually going on in front of you. Oh, absolutely! Like I, I feel good goalkeepers can can actually help control games and manage games and see things out. I always believe that goalkeepers that make lots of saves and stuff like that, they 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 ain't doing their job properly. You know, if they're doing their job properly, they're getting players in positions and 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 players are listening to them and and they don't have as many saves to make. You know, and if you look at the best goalkeepers in the world, you know they they're not overworked, but when they are worked, then you no, know, they come up with the goods and and I think that's key to that position. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it is a position as well that's been, it's revolutionised over the last decade. And I suppose with managers like Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola at the highest level, trying to get more out of their goalkeepers and turning them into more outfield players as well. Um, what have you made of that evolution of the position? Oh, that's brilliant! Like a, a goalkeeper can dictate t- t- play now. You know, they can they can get the game going. They can speed it up. They can slow it down. You know, the, some of the best passers in the game are probably goalkeepers at this point. You know that that's evolutionised from suppose from originally the back pass rule came in and, and probably retired a lot of the older goalkeepers at that point because they, they weren't great with their feet. But now now any goalkeeper worth their salt can can play outfield can 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 do well with the ball and good vision and, and say they can dictate the game a lot more as well and get become involved a lot more, which is good. Yeah. Before I move on to the, the cup then it's as well, because I was uh, really keen on speaking to uh, somebody involved with uh, one of the Donegal clubs. And, <clears throat> and I suppose you have an interesting view because you're formerly a Finn Harps as well. Um, we know Donegal is an absolute hotbed for soccer and um, that Northwest region, you go into Sligo then as well, obviously with big clubs there. And we've seen, you know, so many great internationals that like Shea Given, Packy Bonner. We've got Amber Barrett as well, who's become a, a hero on that yeah. Irish women's team playing at the World Cup over the next couple of weeks. Um, what's the situation with Finn Harps or your own view on the situation with, they're obviously looking for this funding to try and, you know, 
renovate the the whole, not just the stadium itself, but to you know build a proper academy there at at uh, in Bally Buffet. It's obviously kind of slowed down a little bit, but there does seem to be kind of, a, I suppose, maybe optimism that the government will start to, to put investment in there. So just wanted to kind of maybe get your view on, on what's going on up there. Oh, look, it's, it's an absolute slow burner. The, the stadium itself has, has taken way, way too long. It's It's been talked about and banded about for and actually started. The, 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 the contractor had started on site maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. Um like I've, I've when I was playing there, there was talk about the new stadium and no, really keen interest to get in it, and and they're still not in it in twenty twenty three. It's probably a few years away yet, but but Finharps need that stadium. They need that central base, the academy set up and stuff like that. I would know quite well. We know a lot of people involved in it now, but we we actually their reserve team would have played in the Ulster Senior League as well. So a lot of better young players and squad players will play in that. And they're missing the base. They're they're moving about pitches. They're training everywhere. They're paying rent to, to train everywhere. And it's it's not good. It's not good for a senior club to do that. Um, even when you compare compare it to the likes of uh, Cockle Celtic, you know they they have three grass pitches and a full size Astro. Where Funharps don't have any of that bar Fun Park, which is look, it's it's well past the point of rescue, you know. So like they really, really need the new stadium, they really need the academy base, and I think they'll flourish after that if they do. Yeah, because there's so much good young footballing talent talent in that area as well, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. No, no there's there's always been good footballers in this area. Um possibly with Fun Harps going up and down the divisions, maybe didn't get the right opportunities. But, but there's players playing the Irish League, there's players playing at good level and intermediate, there's players playing, you know, uh, with Derry as well that are all from the area as well. So, well, the one team who will be getting very acquainted with the area over this weekend is Bray Wanderers, um, going to the the Charlie O'Donnell Sports Ground up in Bunkrana. Tell us what they can expect when they go up there this weekend. <clears throat> Oh, look, they'll come up. Our, our pitch and setups are excellent. Um, the, the facilities are very, very good at the club. Um, they'll be welcome to the all, but look, once it comes to the game, I suppose we've we've to do a job and they have to do a job. Um, we we'll give it our best. Obviously, they'll go into the game favourites because of the League of Ireland side and they're in season as well. But look, the, the, there's there's nothing to fear for us and there's nothing to lose for for us as a group. So look, we're just going to give it a go and see where it comes, what comes out of it on Saturday. Yeah, because there was a, a small window between that intermediate final, and I'm sure you've probably brought forward your your preseason dates. Have you for 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 yeah. ahead of this game? Yeah, we we started um, probably three weeks earlier than we would have realistically started. We probably only would have started this week or next week um, for the for next season. So uh, look, it's not ideal. Um, this it seems to be every season we get into this we speak about and this competition we speak about it but for the amateur sides it is a tough ask to get a result against the League of Ireland side at, at this stage of the comp, at this time of the year as such you know Yeah I asked um, John Kremen who's in charge of St Michael's about this as well like how do you remedy it I, I don't know how you kind of come up with a way of um, you know making the, the, the amateur sides more competitive unless you change the setup of the season I think that's the answer. Um, I think calendar football is is the answer. I think the FAA missed a beat when they when they moved the national leagues and League of Ireland to to suppose what they call summer football. I think everything should have moved along with it, and and it didn't. So it creates different transfer windows. It creates a lot of movement from players at the different levels as well. So it's not ideal, and it's definitely not ideal when you're going on the games against like at the weekend. 
Um, the one thing I would say, uh, Gavin, is that uh, Bray Wanderers are under a bit of pressure now for that playoff place. Um, they lost at the weekend against Wexford, who are only two points behind them now. They've also got uh, the likes of Treaty United and Finn Harps as well coming up, just five points behind them. So I just mm. wonder, will Ian Ryan be maybe a little bit concerned about playing <clears> his strongest team going into this game? That might give you guys a bit of hope. Uh, maybe, um, hopefully, uh, I would probably say the opposite. I would say because of a couple of results they had and maybe under a bit of pressure that they'll need to come up here and get a result. So they'll possibly go as strong as they possibly can and try and put the game to bed as early as they can. Uh, but that look again, I don't know what they'll be thinking. Um, sometimes when squad players come in, they have a point to prove and they'll do better than, than the players that are playing a week in, week out. So look, they're, they're, I'm sure they're all good players and they're all good pros so I'm, I'm sure whatever team they choose to play will be a very good side and is there any players uh, in the Cockhill Celtic team you think might be able to give them some problems this weekend uh, hopefully all of us um, <laughs> but look we, we've some very good players there's no doubt about it um, we, we've we, we've players like um, like Garvin Freel Luke Rodden um, Stephen Duffy Corey McBride in the forward areas that look that in my opinion if you give anybody a ball on their day you know we've pro- we, we've proper good defenders Peter Doherty Ashley McCollgan Jason Breslin um, we've actually seen Kieran Gallagher in the last couple of weeks um, our goalkeeper Harry Doherty unfortunately hurt his knee so had they bring in it was either bring in a, another senior keeper or play myself so um, <laughs> thankfully thankfully Kieran answered the call former Fun Harps keeper very very good keeper very good lad so He'll be making his debut on 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 Saturday as well, which is which is a great game for him to be involved in as well and getting back into it. That's great. So we've well, we've, we've lots of good players all over the pitch, like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, it's going to be a, a great occasion, I'm sure, for everybody up in the area there around Bunkrana. Um, I know I was speaking to your club secretary, Carla, who was uh, very excited about the game. So, listen, I hope it goes really well for you guys. Best of luck in it, Gavin, and thanks a million again for taking time out to speak to us. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Stephen. Well, delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by the Kilbarrick United defender, Dano Byrne. Um, I, I gather it is still in defence you're playing these days, Dano, and that's where you'll be playing for Kilbarrick United. Yeah, well, so far the legs, the legs have, they're not ready, just ready yet for midfield, like the old days, but um, yeah, probably defender. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. No bother, Dano. Um, how did the move to Kilbarrick United come about? Um, well, I played... I was at Bowes Schoolboy and I was in and out. I was playing 19th and then kind of get into the first team. I was only still a kid um, but wasn't really playing regularly. Um, then I joined Kabarak, maybe 19 I was, and played the year and it was pretty, it was brilliant playing with the lads I knew from the area and it was great. We we went all the way and all the trophies, great success and I got into the AUL so it's, um, got a move back. We played. I was up actually on trials from um, uh, with Bradford, and I played against Bowles and Athlone, and then Harry asked me back up the Bowles, and from there having a look back. And every season, I said to the lads, would be like, "Oh, when you come back to Kabarik, he'll be at the games, or I'll be at, I'll be in the local, or to be at you saying when you're coming back, when you're coming back." And I said, "When you're in the top league, I'll come back." And the way it's worked out, it's worked out really well. Like. They're in the top lens of senior now. It's brilliant. It's brilliant for the area. And like that, I played up north last year. Of the two young lads now, one of them's 10, the other's three. So I think it's time to give them a little bit of time that I've missed out on over the years from playing football and the commitments and stuff like that. So it's worked out really well. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Daniel. Just to, you obviously had a spell with Warren Point and before that, Shells, and you obviously had a, a good few years with Bohemians as well. And just wondering what it was that maybe saw you stepping away then from, from uh, I suppose, the, the paid ranks of football. Um, and I suppose it is that kind of family, that family time that you were, you, you were missing out on, you feel. Yeah, it was like obviously it's a lot of commitment, and some sometimes you look at it and you think to yourself, what you get in, you don't really get out that kind of way. Like I'm thirty now, and I've could I say I've I've done as good as I could have done in my ability. Like you could say, like I didn't win anything, yeah, but from my ability, I'm glad to say I've done what I've done, and that if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I was I wasn't a superstar or anything like that, but it was from what I had, I. I got out of it in that kind of sense and now it's the time I think looking back and where where I'm going I think it's the right time to step back from it and start enjoying not it is still serious and I still will commit as much as I did when I was playing professional as if you could say and then um, give it a good go like I was even looking back at um some of your matches with Bohemians, that was some team you're in around that time as well. And you mentioned Owen Heary, he was he was doing a fantastic job with Bohemians, and obviously that's why Sligar Rovers came in and brought him over there. But I'm looking at the likes of Pico Lopez was in there playing alongside you. Look what he's gone on to achieve, and likes of Dinny Corcoran as well, one of the best strikers in the league for a number of years. Um, it was quite the team you're in then as a young player. Yeah, like like that, they were all good, hardy lads, committed lads. Like they were, as I said, we weren't the best superstars, but we always kept the gave the all for the jersey and I think back then the Bowes fans loved that and still to this day just give your all to the jersey and they love it like that Pico he technically wasn't the best player but he was always committed and look at him now he's technically brilliant and his commitment to the game and he's gone on to be an international playing in Cape Verde can't go wrong like in Dinny what can you say about that lad he's done one of the best strikers in the over the years in the, uh, the league absolutely and, there's there's numerous players in, in the team that I was lucky to play with. Yeah, 100%. Um, what kind of, would you say, would you think back, what were your best memories of playing? And even the Bohemians with Shelburne and Warren Point, what kind of standouts do you have when you look back on that career? Oh, obviously, the one that stands out is against Rovers. Like when I was growing up as a Bose fan, I was going to Dalyland since I'm eight years of age. And over the years, my best mate, Aaron, he's a part of Kabarak team now. Um, we used to say score against Rovers and Tally and that was that's the gun on the shoot that was the one thing we used to say and like that I went on to do it so there's it's little things like not many players would say that growing up maybe it's changed a little bit now the way the, the support for the game has gone um, but like that when I used to go there was five, 400 fans those fans at games and I, I used to love it love it going to on a Friday night home and away and I went on to do what I said I'd do and that's the one thing that stands out but obviously you've got the you've got other ones you've got other memories sometimes you take it for granted looking back now I didn't grasp as much as I should have uh, but was, I, I'd always loved it yeah, and I suppose as the game has changed over the last decade or so just on your own position of maybe defending centre back how do you think that's kind of evolved in the time that you've been playing? Yeah, like I, maybe I was younger, it was a lot quicker and stuff like that. But as the years go on, I've spoke a lot more, been more vocal in the game and um, matured a lot, obviously, over the years. And the players I've played with, I've learned a lot of. And um, 
yeah, it's, I've I've learned a lot. And when you look when you're playing now with Kabarak United, um, like I and I even see you know some Leinster Senior League games and. You do feel, uh, and a little bit like the League of Ireland, that the standard of football has risen over the last decade or so. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like obviously, um, you can see and you can hear the old saying of the, the lads in the Lancer Senior League used to say, "Oh, it'll make the step up, no problem." But it is a massive step up. Like I've noticed, they're going down the leagues. Like I was obviously playing the Premier Division, then was in the Fourth Division with Shelbourne, and then the Premier Division up north and the Fourth Division up north. There, there is big steps and. To get to the, the top half, like maybe Premiership in this league in the League of Ireland is massive. It is a big drop. Like it's, uh, overall, you don't get a minute on the ball. It's more um, set up and like that going into Finn Harps on Friday. I don't know if the lads realise how much of it a big chance it is and to have a go with them. Yeah, it certainly is. What can you tell me a bit about Kabarri? Because I, I assume you're like the other clubs I've spoken to, Ringman Rangers and St. Michael's down in Tip, that's your pre-season at the moment. Yeah, well, the lads the lads finished late, especially like some of the lads, like the Rasta Gaffer, he was in the international amateurs. He was helping out there. He was assistant manager. And like he had only a week off. So we're kind of, we were only back since... I think it was two weeks ago we were back training and we played one game against Ballymun on Friday night. Like I haven't played a game since the middle of April. Now that's that's a big break for me but like some of the lads they finished the end of May. So like you need that time off but you got to look like it is a big game on Friday and Finn Harps in the middle of the season so the momentum's on their side but we'll, we'll give as good as we get I'm sure. Yeah and well the season had gone hasn't gone well, maybe for Finn Harps or as well as they would have wanted. Um, and I'm sure they are still fighting for that playoff place. I'd imagine Dave Rogers, their manager, is looking at a cup run, thinking this is a real way to get supporters on our side. So I, I like, I don't think they're going to go and face Kabarak United away from home, thinking you know we we'll put out a second string side here. Yeah, one hundred percent. I spoke to another, um, I spoke to another club, and I was speaking about the game. And he's in the fourth division, and he says the one club I didn't want is Kabarak. Like the momentum is there, and especially they're out there getting the game in Greenville. A lot of work has gone on with the committee and Kabarak United. Fair play to the lads for getting the game on in Greenville, um, because it's a big thing for the area. But like that, they've they haven't lost a league game there in four years, and they want to like obviously I think they lost one cup game. So um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, can you tell me a bit about the football Kilbarrick United are playing there? Who's the who's the manager and, and what's the kind of style we're expecting to see from them on Friday night? Yeah, Ross Carrick's the manager. Um, he's a well experienced in the amateur game. He's a he's the gaffer at the assistant gaffer at the uh, Ireland amateur. So he's well experienced in the game. He's played at a high level. Um, yeah, we only well I, I can't really say much about <laughs> what way they play, but they'll. Um, there's loads of energy, obviously, from training and watching train. They'd be aggressive. Um, the, the will to win is there. You can even see it in training. The boys want to win. No matter what game it is or what way it is, they'll always want to win. And that'll be the same. Um, and hopefully a little bit more on Friday. Yeah, and there's like, because there's that thing, I suppose, when you're playing a, a League of Ireland club in a cup match like this, there's that extra bit of adrenaline or something that, come, you know, 
goes through the body for these players that it's not something that you can really quantify. Like it's um, this could be something that really gives an extra edge to Kabarik in their performance. Yeah, absolutely. I've been on both ends now, and you can see, like I, I was on the both ends of being a Finn Harris player going into the game against Kabarik and Friday. And sometimes you do like that little bit, but as you said, Finn Harris haven't gone as the way they hoped they would, especially with them being full time or half and half, full time, part time. And he will, he will have to put, uh, get a result on Friday. I think he. The pressure is on them, and I think it's a free hit from uh, our side of things. I'm be well up for it. Greendale, as you mentioned, I think they're, the, the tickets are 10 quid going in on Friday night, which is a great chance for the club to uh, boost the coffers. Um, it's an AstroTurf pitch, I believe, as well. Is that maybe going to give a bit of an advantage to Kilbarrick United? Uh, no, absolutely not, especially not, not anymore this day and age. The, the amount of, um, I'm sure, Finn Harps, I think they train on an all-weather pitch, so you can't really say that. Um, not a big soggy uh, Finn Park anyways <laughs> maybe uh, it, it will move the ball will move quick on it and um, I'd say Finn Harps are well used to it would be no excuse um, I believe Kilbarrick United having their ranks uh, one of the, the best goal scorers in, in amateur football in the country Derek Hyland is he uh, fit and ready to go for this game? Yeah, I don't think he is to be honest I don't know if he'll make it or not I don't want to give that in the way but um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a great he's a great young player um, he scores he's a goal scorer he's a proven goal scorer in the league in the leagues this uh, the last couple of years but um, I don't know if he's going to make it to be honest there's Ooh. other lads there a few other little hidden gems well, you keep Mr. Up with a goal keep Mr. Rogers guessing there is there any other players though you you kind of maybe earmark uh, for people to look out for for this game on Friday night uh, it's it's a squad game. There's a there's one or two all right that could really make the step up and to keep an eye on. But um, it's they're they're a good squad. If um, it's a good bond to the team and um, the standard is really similar enough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Dan. I hope the the night goes well for you and for Kilbarrick as well. It's great for uh you know, uh, an area like that in North Dublin to get a big night like this in the Cup and I hope it goes really well and there's a big crowd there. And uh, best luck yourself with the with the career with Kilbarrick United. Great to be back at the local club again. Yeah, brilliant, Stephen. Delighted. Delighted. Hopefully enjoy. Hopefully it goes well Friday for uh, the area and the lads. LOI Match Day on Off The Ball 103.9.